Today on the show, we have another author spotlight. These are a series of interviews I'm doing featuring one of the authors being published in our Lightbeamers author program. Each of them has written their story to be shared in our collaborative book called Elevate Your Voice that will soon be published coming out on April 6th of 2022. These author spotlights give you a chance to get to know these women a little bit better and discover some of their own inside stories as they walked this journey with us to becoming a first-time author. Our program not only walks them through the story excavation and writing process, but it also gives them a front seat view of the publishing world as our goal is to equip and empower each of these women to write and publish their own solo books later if they so desire. So as you can imagine, it's been a transformative experience for each of our first-time authors, and we are so excited to bring you their stories, especially here to the Inside Story Podcast. Hi, I'm April Adams Pertwee. I'm your host of the Inside Story Podcast. I've been telling people stories my entire adult life as a broadcast journalist, video producer, and digital storyteller. These days, you can find me at Lightbeamers, where I'm building a community of women who are ready to step into their brave by sharing their story with the world. On the Inside Story podcast, I'm bringing you some of the best stories I'm discovering from both the women inside of my community, as well as from around the streets of the internet. Plus, I'm digging deep to share some of my own stories with you along the way. My hope is that these stories will help encourage you to examine your own story so that you can share it with other people. I have a motto at Lightbeamers. When we share our stories, we shine a light. So with that in mind, let's get down to business today and share the light found in this episode. Hello, 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 Lightbeamers. Hello, listeners of the Inside Story Podcast. I'm so happy you're with us today. I'm your host, April Adams Pertwee, and I am really excited to have another edition of our author spotlights as part of the show today. Today, I have with me Pamela Meadows, who is one of the authors featured in the upcoming book, soon to be released book. We're getting so close, getting so close to releasing this book, Elevate Your Voice, which I have been sharing with you uh, for quite some time now on the podcast. And you've already heard from some of the other authors that we have featured. And today we get to, I get to introduce you to Pamela, who I just love and adore. And um, I can't wait to dig into this conversation. So Pamela, I'm so happy you're here. Thank you so much for having me, April. I am so glad to be here, and I am so grateful to be part of the the book. It was such an incredible experience, and I can't wait to talk more about that. Yes, yes, we're going to talk all about that today, all about that. So before we actually dive into the book and kind of your experience and just all of the things that I want to ask you about, I want to back up a little bit and just give our audience a little bit of context about, you know, where, who you are and what, what your work is in the world. I know when, um, when I first met you, oh gosh, I'm trying to even remember how we got connected. I honestly can't even recall. I think it was through social media, but you reached out because you wanted to, to really use your story in a very impactful way. You wanted to be very deliberate about how you shared publicly so that you could begin to have bigger impact and influence in the women in 
your life. And a large part of that is women that you work with. You come from a corporate background. And so I'd love for you to kind of fill the audience in on what that, what your work is in the world and what drew you into storytelling to begin with. Absolutely. So I am a vice president at an Inc. 5000 company. Um, We're booming. We're really busy. And when you look at the leadership team, not only in my company, but just in the industry in general, there's very few women that are on the About Us leadership page in in corporate America right now. Um, I think there's a statistic out there that roughly 51% of the world's population is women, but only 3% of those are CEOs. So when I look around me to the left and to the right, um, there are not a lot of other females that I can look to for mentorship or to see the path they've taken. Um, but what I do want to make sure we're doing is looking around and then helping the next generation rise up. And so finding a way to tell the story about the opportunities that are out there, it's really important to me. And, and I did come to you because you had, you had talked about a way to formulate your story and a story arc. It was a really interesting experience for me because as I started looking at the story arc, there are some monumental moments that I could say, okay, uh-huh. this event happened and then this is what happened afterwards. But what I realized for myself and for so many other females that I've spoken to is sometimes those things that end up being monumental actually show up as little small trips of opportunity and you have to learn how to see them so you can seize them. Oh, can you give us an example? Like when you look back on that story arc that we have, have, have worked through now, like give me an example of what that sounds like so the audience can really get tuned into what you're saying. Absolutely. So think about early in my career, you know, I'm sitting around a boardroom table and it's generally men, maybe one female if I'm lucky. So it's about two females and 12 men. Uh, and I'm listening and observing and I have so many great ideas that I want to say. And I was so scared to speak up. You know, we're definitely taught to play, to play small, wait for your opportunity, look for the moment, don't speak out of turn. You don't want to create any kind of disruption in a meeting. So I would listen and observe and take notes and I would have these great ideas. And then a few minutes later, somebody would say something along the lines of what I thought. And I would tell myself, why didn't you say it? What, why aren't you speaking up? Why aren't you raising your voice? You're sitting at the table, take the opportunity. Um, what I started to pay attention to is when somebody said, hey, Pamela, what do you think about that? I stopped saying, yeah, what you said was perfect, or I'll defer to you, you're the expert here. And what I started to do is, thank you for the opportunity. I think X, Y, and Z. And it was just those little moments of what do you think that I learned to stop deferring my area of expertise or my authority and rather owning it because it was that trickle, trickle, trickle moment. And then when I started to speak up, I gained confidence. And as I gained confidence, it was easier for me to interject when appropriate or for people to come say, hey, Pamela, what are your thoughts on this? We need them. Oh, that's so good. And I imagine, because <laughs> I've had a few conversations with this about this topic with women and I've experienced it myself. I imagine along the way, that you've had some barriers of when you did speak up, when those ideas might've been rejected or someone may have attempted to put you back down in that place where we're supposed to come from. So can you share what that has been like in overcoming that? Cause I know that's such a big piece of what, like you talked about raising women up in the next generation to have more seats at those tables, right? 
they're going to have to figure out how to navigate those types of scenarios. So what did it look and sound like for you? Well, I think it showed up differently at different milestones in my career. So when I was younger, um, I had a, interestingly enough, a female boss and I was hungry. I was excited to work. I wanted to make a positive impact on the organization. And I remember speaking up in a meeting and she pulled me to the side afterwards and she told me, you know, I'm still young. I'm junior. I need to be on my listening tour. She didn't feel like it was my place to contribute and I just needed to listen and learn. Um, and so I, my takeaway was, okay, like put your listening ears on, pay attention, don't interject when not necessary. But it was also what followed up in following conversations with her was this idea of you're too ambitious. Mm. If you need to hone it down a little bit, like just take your time to get into the industry, take, do your reps, do your years as a receptionist, do your years as an administrative assistant, you'll be able to get to where you want to go eventually. And that's not wrong. It's not wrong to learn the industry that you're in, to learn the roles, to get familiar and to get comfortable. What I can look back on now and see that d doesn't work for me and doesn't work for the way I mentor and coach women is this idea of there's a predetermined timeline that you have to follow. There isn't. Um, learn, educate yourself, speak up. When you have something valuable to add, add it. If you don't have something valuable to add, listen and wait for your opportunity to contribute. Don't just interject for the sake of it because that does discredit you a little bit. But, oh gosh, don't let somebody tell you that ambition is a bad thing. Keep being hungry. Yeah. And, you know, I think about situations like that where, there is this imaginary timeline. This is imaginary line in the sand that we cross with doing the reps and paying our dues and all of that. Yet, how many ideas might have gone unnoticed or unheard or unspoken because of that, that actually would have been really good ideas, you know, that they really could have been contributing factors to success of the team or success of the organization, success of the company. How many of those are we missing because we're not, we're not letting people have the floor, even though they might be brand new, they might be young, they might be right out of college, they may not have the experience, but a lot of really good ideas can come from just fresh eyes. Yeah, I just think that that's so important to say it and to also encourage the women that it's okay to stay hungry. I, I got accused of being ambitious myself and that... I'm glad that I didn't listen to that too much because ambition has been something that has served me well. And I don't think it's something that women should apologize for. Men are ambitious. <laughs> yeah, that's a really good point. I, I definitely saw that too in my career. And that's something I, I have people pay attention to now as I coach them. And that's um, when I was coming up through industry, women were not to be ambitious. I can't tell you how many times I've heard a woman be called a B word. In, in corporate America because she spoke up. She, she asked for something, she advocated for herself. So I was, I observed it. I heard that not being ambitious is important to a female in, in a company, but then I watched men next to me advocate for themselves and rise through the ranks. So one time in my career, I, I was getting accolades. I was getting spot awards. The customer was pleased with my work. I, I was taking on more. I was working 60 plus hours a week, a mother of three little kids and just killing it at work. And so I got my numbers together. I got my success story together and I went to my supervisor and I said, there's an opportunity for me to be promoted here into this role. Here are all the things I've done. Here's how I've met the mark. Here's how I've exceeded it. Here's how I'm actually doing the work already. Um, and his response was, the leadership team isn't quite ready for that yet, 
but, but you're doing a really good job, so just hold off and we'll get you there. And I waited a whole year before I realized they weren't going to get me there. I was doing the work and there was no promotion. Um, there was accolades and there was customers giving the company more money because of my work. And I realized I'm, I'm quitting on myself. I, I'm giving up on myself. I am limiting myself, waiting for somebody else to advocate for me or to come save me or to come elevate me. I'll do it here or I'll look elsewhere and find it. And what did you ultimately end up doing in that situation? What did that look like? How did it play out for you? Yeah, how it played out for me is I thanked them for the opportunity to learn and grow within the organization. And I took another job and I got a $40,000 pay increase when I took it. And I went over as, as a boss. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> that is how it's done. That's how it's done. And you know, this is such crucial information as now you have risen in the ranks, you know, you are at the top level and now you're able to like look back behind you and truly reach out your arm and your hand and say, come on women, I'll show you the way and really be that coach and mentor and guide inside those organizations that are helping get more seats at the table for those women. Um, what does that work look like today? I know you're still, you know, doing your own roles and have your own responsibilities, but how are you able to affect change inside your own organization? That's a really good question. Uh, so in my organization, I do, I do make it a point to reach out to the different women in the group, the up and comers, and to be perfectly fair, I reach out to the junior um, gentlemen in the company too, because they have a seat as well. And I want to make sure that there's an opportunity for everybody to understand their value and their worth and how to advocate for themselves. I just, I just personally really enjoy doing that with women because I can relate to where they are and some of the double binds that they're facing because we faced them ourselves. Um, but how it looks is encouragement, reaching out, um, asking them to do things like what energizes you? What are your energy vampires? Write your strengths out, really coaching them through documenting their successes so that when it's end of the year performance review time, they have their, I call it a smile file. They have their smile file of successes throughout the year. So they go into that performance review prepared and ready to champion for themselves and ask for what they're worth based on the work they've done. I won't give it away, but there's a piece, the story that I wrote inside Elevate Your Voice that is very very much resonates with this conversation. So when everyone, when you get the book, we get your own copy of Elevate Your Voice. You're going to have to look for that piece of my own story that's going to be very relatable to what Pamela is talking about right now. So I'm excited for that. That's kind of fun, kind of a fun tie. So let's talk about your, your stepping into this program, our author's program at Light Beamers, and she gets published. And deciding to start to share your story in a bigger way by partaking in this book and writing and sharing your story, a chapter in this book, because a lot of what you write about is a lot around your own experiences and how you, how you did have to manage and juggle being a mom and having responsibilities at home and navigating life while also building this career without sacrificing along the way, some of the shoulds, <laughs> some of the shoulds that kind of get looped in there, which I want to talk about as we, as we talk a little bit more about your experience writing your chapter, but what, what, first of all, what made you want to do this? What made you want to step into this type of storytelling and get your story out there in a bigger way by getting your work published in a book? 
That's such a good question. And it started with just reaching out to you, right? Like it took years of, of uh -huh. reaching out to you. I, I think I had grabbed one of your, your free downloads of how to write a story and it was awesome. So then I had to opt into your program, which was incredible. Um, and as I was doing that on a parallel path, I was standing up a coaching business. So I became a certified coach. Uh -huh. it, is, it is my mission to um, help women gain the confidence and the clarity and the communication skills that they need to, to get that seat at the table that they want, whatever table that looks like. And so as I was doing that and coming up with what does, what does my story look like, one of the things that really stood out to me is as I spoke to more and more women, as I took the stage and started doing speaking engagements, how many women would come back and say, I have a story so similar that really resonated with me. Could you tell me more about this part? Or... I've heard other people talk about that. I wish I could know more about your story. And when I heard this opportunity to be an author with you, I thought, well, I love April, so that's a given. Anything you touch has been incredible to work with. So that is a yes for me. But then also, this is a chance for me to take some of what I'm doing as a coach and some of what I'm doing on the stage when I speak and give people just a little bit more of the story and have them hopefully leave it and say, I can relate to that. And if she was successful here, I can do the same thing and I'll be successful too. Yeah, that's so good. And I love that you just see it as, as your own elevation, right? Elevate your voice, but it really is your own elevation of next step for you. What was logical? What was the next level of how you could reach more people? You were already sharing bits of your story, but they wanted more. You know, they wanted more and then you were already starting to speak, but then now this just elevates the way that you're going to be able to get into more rooms to share that message. So I love that that was your reason for wanting to do it really. Cause it's, it's, that's really what it's about is looking at, looking at wherever you are and to figuring out what is that next level for you? What's going to be a vehicle that's going to help you get there. And a book is just that it's just a vehicle, right? Like the tool and the resources, the book itself. But really, it's about the process of writing that story. That's the deeper work at hand. And so for you, once you stepped into the program and you actually started writing your story, what was your experience? I mean, what, were you, what was happening behind the scenes with Pamela when you started actually writing and sharing your story and putting it on paper? Well, to be honest, I'm not sure if I had the, the same experience as all of the authors, as you know, because I, I think I said you, you, you had to grab me by my hair a few times and pull me along. Um, I working full time and having an executive role and, and, and working through the coaching business, there was a lot going on. There was a lot going on with my organization at the time as well. So I didn't want to miss the author opportunity. And I had no idea what was on the horizon at my company. We, we ended up selling at the end of this year. And all of the work I was doing was to get us to that point. It was huge. So what kept taking a back seat was the time I needed to write. And so it became early mornings or late nights where I'm squeezing in time to work on my chapter. So it didn't feel the way that I, I had wanted to come to it. I, I wanted to come to it fully committed, giving it all my best. And in the beginning, it felt really hard to give that. But what was great was that you and the team that you created and the other authors in the program made me still feel like I was part of it and that I was part of the community, even though I couldn't attend all of the um, meetings and the sessions and the communications and the Facebook group. And I wasn't as active as everybody else. I never felt like I was left out. And you made a point 
of reaching out to me on Instagram and on Facebook and voicemails to make sure that, you know, I've got you. I'm still here. How are you doing? And it made me feel like um, I was a valued member of the community that you built. And you don't get that in every experience. So not only am I living a dream of getting to be an author and work through some of the feelings that arise as you're writing out your story, but I did it in a community of other women who made me feel seen and valuable. And you can't put a price tag on that. That wasn't a wonderful experience. Yes, I'm so glad that that is what you pointed out, you know, because that is one of the goals is it's a big goal actually with me is that we do do this in community. And I think that's one of the really exciting aspects. Our author's program is because it is done in community. You are each author's writing over here in your office and at your home and everyone's in a different location and we're kind of heads down pen to paper or hand to computer, whichever is your modality for writing. And we're getting that chapter written. We're getting our words out, but that's not happening in a complete silo, right? It's not happening without someone checking in on you. You had an accountability partner. You all could have conversations. Lynette, our publisher would check in, or we would tag you in the group. Like it was all part of like, let's all, and that's kind of been our motto from the day one. Like we want to cross the finish line together because it's, we, it's, the goal is not to leave anybody out. The goal is that we do this together because when we do it in community, we will all achieve the same goal at the same time, which is ultimately the publication of the book, right? The publishing of the book. So you mentioned it though, that there are moments when you're actually writing your chapter that we have these, you have these thoughts, you have these little demons that like to come visit you when you're writing, <laughs> right? What, what was that process like for you when you were actually in your house, in your office, wherever you were writing, even if it was four o'clock in the morning when you were getting up early to do so or super late at night, did you experience self-doubt? Did you experience like, I'm not sure if I'm ready to share this story. I mean, different women experience different kind of negative thoughts that were limiting beliefs. Did you have any of those? And if so, what did your sound like? Absolutely. Uh, welcome to being a woman. I think that voice is kind of told to calm down, like calm down. I don't need to hear from you right now. Um, so for me, it was around being careful to, was my story one that could be shared and resonate in a positive way? I didn't want it to be too negative. And I do feel like I talked about a couple things that made me a little nervous to share. And to be frank, there's a little bit of shame in some of the story that I shared. So you know, at a high level, mentioning some sexual harassment issue at work, there's still shame in that for me that I didn't raise my hand sooner, that I didn't um, advocate on my own behalf. And so I'm putting that on paper for anybody who picks up the book to read. And hopefully what they get at the end of that is the things I've learned from it. But April, that's, that's hard to put it out there for everybody to see. And then putting some information in there around how my husband and I are strengthening our relationship and the things that we do to try to keep meeting each other in the middle when life has a way of pulling us in all of the directions when you are both working and or whether you're working in a stay-at-home mom you're getting pulled in all the directions you've got taxi duty and grocery shopping and floors need to be swept and so how do you keep growing together as a husband and wife and putting that in there meant um being vulnerable and exposing elements of my marriage. And by the way, that's not just my story. That's my husband's too. So making sure he was okay with that process was a big deal. Yeah, that's such a good point. And that's just it. A lot of times when I'm women come to me and they're like, gosh, I have this story, but I can't tell it because it does involve other people. And 
it's not just my story and how do I navigate that? And there's lots of ways to navigate that, but the way that you did that was making sure your husband was on board and just being delicate, like being delicate. Like, you know, I always say you don't have to share all the details, but it's the message that you want to pull out from that experience that you can, you can share with your audience to be relatable, right? So you don't have to air all the dirty laundry necessarily, but you can just honor the experience that you've been through and by also making sure that he's okay with the fact that you will be honoring that experience. Like you will be sharing that this is your, your reality, your truth, but it's something that a lot of women struggle with if they think about telling their story, because most of us, again, are not having a unilateral experience in life. Our experiences are coupled with people around us and people that matter to us deeply that we, we don't want to hurt. And so I think that's a really good point that you bring up that you had to, you had to deal with that. And that vulnerability piece is so big too, that so many people I know can relate to that, whether they've shared their story or not, it may be the thing that's stopping them from sharing their story. So now that you have put that to paper and it is off to the printer as we speak, what are you feeling about sharing your story now, knowing that it is out there, you've shared it, it's going to be read, other women will read it. What sort of feelings are coming up for you about the stage that we are in now with the really about to publish this book? Really just so much excitement. I am so excited to see everybody's chapter, to see all of the hard work, to physically touch the book and turn the pages and um, get to see something that we all poured so much of our time and heart and effort into come to fruition. It's like having a book baby and I can't be anything but overjoyed about it. And then like selfishly, I'm so excited to be able to say, I'm an author, I'm a vice president, I'm a certified coach, and I'm an author. And normally titles are just whatever, but there's something about the author piece that just speaks to my heart and I'm overjoyed. Oh, it's so good. So, I mean, that is something that you have wanted to claim for yourself, right? You've wanted to, to be able to say, I am an author. So now having gone through this process and now... Hopefully some of that being demystified a little bit because you've walked the journey. Do you think, do you have a desire and a goal to write more books in the future? Do, what, what do you want to do with that author title now? I would love to write more books in the future. The process that you put us through, I don't know that it demystified it as much as you made it feel like an easy button. It wasn't all easy, right? But what you put to, you and Lynette put together made us feel like we were being shepherded along the journey and that we were being informed and, and taught and educated and coached all along the way, but we didn't carry the stress that you probably carried and Lynette probably carried with the due dates and the deadlines and that Pamela has two days to write her chapter, not 10 more days like I asked for. Um, I didn't have to worry about the things that you do. So I, yes, I absolutely would like to continue on the author journey. Maybe more opportunities like the one that you've presented where it's co-authoring, so it continues to be a a way to have that entry and that ramp up for what would eventually be one day a book. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that that's the goal though, is that, well, I don't think that's the goal. I know from my standpoint, that is the goal is to, to get women to the end of this finish line, you know, and have them really say, I feel equipped and empowered to do more of that, whether it's your own solo book 
or writing another chapter in another book or just taking your story and elevating it in new ways or bigger ways. Like, oh, I am going to share those stories now with more women when they ask. I'm going to weave those stories into my speaking engagements. I'm going to seek out more podcasts so that I can continue to do this work. Whatever it is, and it's something different for everybody. But at the end of this, that's the goal is that our authors feel in, equipped and empowered to go do that thing. And that, yeah, there are some extra things that maybe, you know, you didn't get, you know, plugged into all the deadlines and all of the back and forth with the editors and things like that. We managed a lot of that for you in the process, but at least you know that that exists now, right? You, uh, you have a reality check of what is involved, and so you understand the process more so that if you ever did want to go and write your own book and do it on your own, that stuff wouldn't hit you out of left field. You now know the process. And I think that that's very empowering when you actually know what you're getting yourself into and you, and you realize, oh, I, I can do that because I've, I've mostly done it already, you know, and I feel like that kind of gives you a step ahead when you may not have felt that in the beginning when you've never been through this process before. Is that a fair assessment on your, from your take on it? Absolutely. I would have known nothing about what it means to author and publish a book for this journey. And you did keep us informed of what every step meant. And so now that part of it has been demystified. I understand the steps that are required, the kind of work that goes into it, the different stakeholders that might be involved with it. So that was very clarifying for me. And I'm ready for the next adventure with authoring. Well, I know that when we first, first met, you know, before the book, before any of this stuff, you know, getting your story out there more, getting more visible was such a big goal of yours. And we talked through some of what that could look like, getting on video and doing more of that work. And I have to tell you, because I share your stuff all the time now, your Instagram reels make me so happy. Like you are crushing it with this message that you consistently share on your Instagram channel. So first of all, to all the listeners out there, <laughs> we're going to link up Pamela's Instagram so that you can connect with her and watch some of her reels because they are so good. But you have a very targeted message that you are delivering in a lot of those videos. And it is to the woman, back to the woman that we were talking about earlier, that might be climbing those ranks and getting herself tripped up in certain situations or getting you know, told something that may not be the truth that she has to accept about herself. And one of the things that you're really big on is, is talking to women about the shoulds that get put on us, right? We, we have a laundry list of shoulds. We should be doing this. We should be doing that. We should have done this way. We should have had this reaction, just a lot of shoulds. And so talk a little bit more, tell the audience a little bit more about this whole message that you are sharing in these videos and really what it is you're trying to say to women. Thank you for saying I'm knocking it out of the park with the reels. I'm having fun with it. It's a little intimidating getting on video. So I appreciate that early on when we first met, that was something you encouraged because it, it allowed me to really open that up as a avenue for communication. Um, I, I try to approach my reels and the message that I bring in a few key areas. And one of them would be confidence. Like gaining confidence, understanding your worth and the value that you bring. And then Mira put some techniques into what that might look like in practice in the workforce. I try to bring some humor to it. And then there are some where I just, I remind women 
I did a $20 bill one. Like it got squished, it got put underwater, I put dirt on it. And the point was that no matter how tattered or dirty or submerged it felt, that was still a $20 bill. It still had worth, it still had value. We as women do too, when we feel exhausted and frustrated and burned out and borderline resentful with the people that we love, we're still worthy. We need to step back. We need to honor where we are and what needs to happen next. And from a work perspective, I'm having a lot of fun because I'm doing silly reels like when a man speaks over you in a meeting, what do you do next? And um, I today, you know, just dear diary, I want to make $30,000 an hour, just silly fun stuff to remind folks things like dear diary, you know, when you journal and you put down your goals on paper, there's a percent more likely you are to actually achieve the things that you put into writing. So having fun with the real while complimenting it, hopefully with some educational tidbits so that women just keep growing. If we gain our confidence, we get clarity with where we're going, we get some communication skills, and then we take command of whatever it is we're going for, whether that's strength in our marriage, getting a seat at the table, speaking up in a PTA meeting. We're all on different journeys. Yeah, it's so, so good. So good. And I do love that you've embraced it the way that you have. What has been the reaction? Like, what are people, I know I'm always kind of in your inbox saying, good job. I love this one, or I'll share it myself. But you know, what, what is, what are the women saying? Like the women who are following you, who you are coaching, who you're kind of bringing under your wing and tutelage, what are they saying to you when they, when they see these messages coming from you or hear these messages coming from you? What's the response that you're getting? You know, it's interesting. I get a lot of that's spot on or, you know, that was really funny or that was an interesting way to, to communicate a certain message. Like I put a mustache on my face when I did the one of a man in the boardroom speaking over me, which was a real example of what happened. That person spoke over me. I just reiterated it in a reel. That's all I'll get people saying. That's a funny way to share it. But what I'm also getting is people sharing their own similar experiences. And, um, there's so many women who are dealing with the same thing, being spoken over at work, um, having their ideas taken and presented by somebody else at work. We're all having such similar journeys that the more we can uh, learn from each other and have that community and have one another as resources and give each other information, okay, well, if a man speaks over you, you say, thank you. What I was saying was, or before I was interrupted, what I was saying was, so there's different things that you could do. And it's so great that women are commenting and sharing what they're going through or sharing how they um, bust a disruptor. And I love it because that means that we are learning from each other and I have so much to learn. Well, I know that when we first met again, one of the things that you told me, and I've, I've remembered this since day one, is that you feel a bit of a responsibility, right? Because you have had a lot of success. You are at the top level of your organization. You are at that VP level. And with that, it would just be really easy to say, yeah, look at me. I made it and collect the check and go home, right? Like a lot of people do that, but you have, you feel a certain responsibility to use your position of power and influence to positively impact the women who are coming up the ranks behind you. Um, talk a little bit about that responsibility and, and you know, kind of what, what goes through your head at work when you, you maybe witness a man speaking over another female colleague in the room, like what comes up for you when you, when you, uh, witness that? There is a quote that really resonated with me and it was be the love you never had. 
And how I just I just put different things in that same sentence. Be the leader you never had. Be the boss you never had. Be the female advocate you never had. Be those things for people. And I am uniquely privileged to have a vice president role. And it doesn't it doesn't fall flat with me that I have the responsibility to to help other people gain the tools and techniques quicker than I gained them. So when I do see injustices at work or in other areas that I'm you know, going um, out into the world and seeing, for example, I, I recently overheard um, a gentleman say that a full-grown woman who has kids and a family and she's graduated college, he, he called her a fine girl, but she's a fine girl, but, and it really, um, caught me off guard that we're sitting in a professional environment and that somebody thought that was okay to say. So what I don't do is unless it's a repeat behavior that needs to be called out publicly, I don't go into the game of shaming people. Some people don't even realize that what they're saying could be offensive. I'm guilty of it. I still say, and I'm trying so hard to work on it. I still say you guys. Mm-hmm. And I have people say, don't say you guys anymore. Say you all. Or so I'm, there's things yes. I'm working on. I don't want to be shamed. So you, I will call people to the side. So in this case, this gentleman, I said, you know, she's a professional. She is doing a great job at her her job. The customer loves her. So when you say she's a fine girl, but it's very condescending. And it comes across that way to me. And I'm sure it did to other people in the room. You might want to reconsider the language that you use. Or is that a sentence that even needed to be said in a work environment to begin with? And it's his opportunity to reflect on that and determine for himself if what he did was right or wrong. But if it happens again, then it goes up. It goes a different path for me. It's not a one-on-one conversation. But yeah, I don't do the shaming thing. I'm still learning myself, so I don't want to be called out in public unless I'm a repeat offender myself. Um, However, if it doesn't get addressed, it keeps happening. Yeah, if it doesn't, if you don't speak up, right? One thing I've learned from my husband is we have, we have, and I've told you this, we have so many different views on so many things that half the time I'm like, how are we coping? in the house but we're making it work but what he'll tell me things that help me understand different sides and I'll say well as a female uh, when I'm in a meeting and there's seven men around a table and every single month I'm asked to present my screen and take meeting minutes that feels like a problem because we're all vice presidents and we should share the load and he'll it, it for him it's his aha moment he's like I just women are so good at taking notes. Is that really a thing? I'm like, it's really a thing. Share the load. And it's not that he in any way, we don't work together, but it's not like he's trying to be offensive to anyone. He's not even aware that it's a problem. The woman's busting open her laptop. She's taking the notes. She doesn't say anything. So he's rolling with it. So just being, helping people get aware of this could be seen as I'm carrying the load of the admin portion because I'm a female. Let's share the load. I think that creating the awareness for men and for women to coexist and work better together is really important. Oh, it's so important. That's such a good example of how that plays out in everyday life, right? Everyday work life. Um, And there's a bajillion of other examples just like it, you know, just like it. You know, I catch myself all the time. Um, you know, I, I, you said talking about not saying you guys, cause I, I'm, that's really one of mine that I'm working on. Cause I, I realized most of the time I'm speaking to women. That's primarily my audience. Why am I calling them guys? You know, it's, it's just totally inappropriate, but it's just slang. It's just, 
it's just our vernacular, but I'm trying to also break myself of that habit so I could <laughs> I can totally relate to that one. Yet I'm also noticing where um certain slights have been put, you know, get past my way and I I it's almost like I don't even I don't even catch it because I'm so used to it, you know? And I will catch myself almost after the fact going, oh my gosh, why didn't I speak up? Or, oh my gosh, why didn't I point that out? Or like you said, pull someone on the side and say that was actually not appropriate. Or, I, you know, I take offense or whatever it is. And I catch myself still to this day doing the work that I do, um, just absorbing a lot of that and letting it go. And then being mad at myself later because then I caught myself too late, you know, and the moment had passed. So I'm really working on being in the moment when that happens so that I can be like, you know, some of the examples that you've given, maybe pull that person aside in, in that moment and say that was inappropriate or whatever it may be, or just speak up and say, um, you know, whatever I need to say about that in the moment. But it's, it's because we've been so conditioned as, as women to just, that is the way of the world that we almost don't even notice it. So just like your husband doesn't notice it, right? Because he's been conditioned too. Men have been conditioned just as much as women have. Women also don't notice it. So the more we have these conversations, this is why I love this conversation so much. The more we have these conversations, the more we can all elevate our awareness around how this plays out in really sneaky ways in our everyday life and begin to do something about it, to change it for, for all of us, for men and for women. Because you know what? Here's what I dare say. Men are going to benefit from us doing this too. Men are going to benefit from having more women in the room. Men are going to benefit from learning how to take notes, right? Like men are going to benefit, they truly will, from the experiences that will come their way because we spoke up and said something a hundred percent. Yes. And, and both sides, it's going to be equally beneficial to start champion for one another, to champion for the equality for men to take media minutes for women to bring a different type of thought leadership into an organization, into a boardroom. All of those things are critically important because that's how we grow. Otherwise it's just stale and companies don't grow from a stale environment. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Oh, I've loved this conversation. I am so thrilled that you said yes to being in the book. I know it was a challenge, as you said, very busy time in your life. Um, but when are we not busy, right? And you did it. You crossed the finish line and I'm so proud of you. And I'm so proud of the work that you are sharing in, in your story. And I'm really excited for more people to get to know you and now follow you and just be, be inspired by, you know, your coaching and your message that you are putting out into the world and being an advocate for women, which is really what you, what you are. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. And before you go, I want to let you direct people. If they do want to connect with you, follow you, find out more about you, where is your favorite place to send them? Thank you. I am active on Instagram, like you said, April. So at Pamela Meadows Optimist is where you'll find me on Instagram. And I will have an updated website out there momentarily. So www.pamelameadows.com will be coming. But um, Instagram is where all of the fun happens. As you can tell everybody, I get a little crazy on the reel, so that's the place to be. 
Oh, it is so. Yeah, definitely go follow Pamela on Instagram. We will link up the handle. We will put it there. And once again, we just invite all of you who are listening to the Inside Story podcast to celebrate and cheer us on as we launch and publish this book, Elevate Your Voice. We will be widely promoting it and encouraging you all to get your own copy so that you can open it up and read Pamela's chapter and, of course, all the other women in the book and just be inspired by the stories that are being shared here. We're really, really proud of this work, and I'm so proud to have people like Pamela in the book with me, and I just can't wait to get this in your hands. I can't wait to get it in your hands. So we will be sharing more details as the book is released. Of course, we also um, have information on our authors program. If you would like to share your story and say yes the way that Pamela did, we will link up our information to our authors program in the show notes. It's simply lightbeamers.com slash author. You can go and check out our program and get on the list to be one of our authors in one of our upcoming books. We would love to explore that opportunity with you. Pamela, thank you again for being here today. Thanks to all the listeners of the Inside Story Podcast. I'm so happy you were with us today, and we will see you again next week right here on this channel. See you then. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to give it a review and share this broadcast out with your friends and family. Now, did listening to this episode make you think more about your own story? Are you wondering which parts of your own story are relevant to share with others? This is the question I get asked more than any other. How do I share my story? Which parts of my story are worth sharing with other people? How can I make my story relatable so that others can benefit from it? I've taken my simple process that I've used for years as a journalist and broken it down into a three-part storytelling formula that will help you discover the key components of your own story and how to share it. It's a free resource I've created to help you become a light beamer by sharing your story. Simply go to www.lightbeamers.com and click on the big yellow button on the homepage to download your story formula. I'd love to hear your story too. So be sure to join my free community on Facebook, the Light Beamers community, and share your story with me. I can't wait to learn more about you and the story that's inside of you. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe to the podcast so you can get notified when our next broadcast is live. You will want to stay tuned to the stories we are lining up for you next. I promise they are so good. As always, Light Beamers, I'm over here cheering for you. This podcast is part of the Sound Advice FM network. Sound Advice FM, women's voices amplified.